Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Uh, we were sharing this brief, briefly with our staff the other week, and um, I love this chapter. I feel like I'm preaching out of it more and more, um, but I want to focus on one verse because um, it's, uh, I think, applicable and edifying. So verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. And uh, that second part, you anoint my head with oil, it doesn't necessarily say that. Um, it talks about being God being our supply, and we are healthy. Actually, it has nothing to do with anointing oil there. Um, but I want to talk about the first half here. You prepare a table before me in the presence of our enemies. And... Uh, we were sharing with our staff that there is a table that God has prepared, a provision, a place to nourish us, a place to feed us, a place to meet us. And uh, it's interesting, this whole chapter 23 talks about the Lord being the initiator, the Lord being the one who is the foundation uh, and the guide to the sheep as the great shepherd. But this is kind of an unusual verse. Why would sheep need a table, right? Why would sheep need a table, right? So why this is valuable is because this verse is literally talking about providential provision. Providential provision. It means that God himself is taking care of his sheep in the most unique, personal way. So this table is a picture of how, I mean, when you're talking about a wilderness, Psalm 78, 19 says, will God uh, have a table in the wilderness? Like there was kind of like a, like a rhetorical question. Like, and the answer is yes, God has a table for every part of our life. A table in the wilderness, a table in the desert. A table in and in anxiety and in anxiety in stress, in depression. There's a table. There's a table, and who is the table? Well, over and over we see that he is the table. He is the table. We learn in John 10, he is the door. He is the way, the truth, and the life. In John 14, we see that he is the Alpha and the Omega. The, be the beginning, the middle, and the end. But I love this. You prepare, you, and if any of you have had guests over your house, we understand the value of setting the table, making sure there's enough room for people at the table, that people have something to eat, and that it's something that'll be an edifying experience, right? I remember in Eastern Europe, the tables are really small, especially in the kitchens, like, uh, you're literally cramped in a little space, but uh, the company was more valuable than, than the table space. Um, and the food was always a good idea, right? All right, look at Psalm 104, 15. What is at the table? 
we're saying in our staff meeting that we are leading people to the table of grace. There's a table in the body of Christ. And people often will not find the table in the wilderness. They'll just keep wandering. They'll keep wondering. They'll keep, they'll, they're a lost. And you and I are leading people to the table. But not just to the table, but to sit at the table. To sit at the table. One of the greatest um, demonstrations of love is to sit and eat with somebody, right? That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? All right, Psalm 104, 15. What is at the table? And wine that makes glad the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread which strengthens the heart. These are things that uh, represent the Holy Spirit, the communion of Christ, and uh, the countenance of God, right? This is at the table in Proverbs 15, 15. It's a, it's a feast. You ever have a conversation with somebody and you come away and you're just like full, right? There was a table in our conversation. There was a table of fellowship, table of communion. Another synonym to this word here in Psalm 23 is altar. The table here can be a place of feasting, but it also can be a place of of sacrifice. It's an altar. God has provided an altar in the midst of our enemies. And, and the picture here in the Hebrew is that the enemy is watching you eat. Isn't that interesting? Like this table literally is, a, a, is to the opposite of your enemies. So I don't know about you. I am uncomfortable eating in front of someone that's not eating. Maybe that's the way I was brought up, right? But here it's saying, God is saying, your enemies are watching you feast. Isn't that good? So there they are, and you're just like licking that ice cream, or you're just eating that brisket sandwich, right? With that Kansas City barbecue sauce. Woo! All right, I'll stop right there. Bacon, bacon pouring out of us here. Um... The enemy is watching you feast, and, and that's a very interesting point because your life and your walk of faith is constantly mocking our enemies, constantly mocking your enemy, and the enemy wants to steal from you and me. He wants to steal our joy. He wants to steal our feasting, but guess what? God has prepared it. God has protected it. God has provided it, and therefore, we are rejoicing in it. Let me show you a couple of interesting verses here. First Kings 19, um, the table. Let's find the table every day, right? Our Bible is a table. We open it, and it becomes the joy and rejoicing of our heart in Jeremiah 15, 16. But look at First Kings 19. We see a lot of Old Testament parallels here where manna was given, Right? to the Israelites, right? 40, day, 40 years, 40 years, right? A lot of us, life didn't start until we were 40, right? Right? I mean, figured <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe we could argue that point, but they say by the age of 40, you will experience one of your greatest tra tragedies in your life by 40, right? 
you've experienced many things. Um, uh, your greatest love, your greatest loss, your greatest tragedy. Um, 40 speaks of a generation, right? But look at this in 1 Kings. We have a table, 1 Kings 19. In the church, we are leading people to the table uh, and discipling them and having them sit at the table, right? Mephibosheth had a seat at the table and the table covered his crippledness and he fellowshiped with the king and his provisions all of his life. We are all like Mephibosheth, aren't we? But we're at the table. It's location, location, location. Uh, it's so great when you're tired and hungry and thirsty and you find a place to drink, isn't it? We find the well. We find the thing that satisf satisfies our heart. All right, 1 Kings 19, 7. I love this verse. Um, okay, verse 5. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there was by his head a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank again. And then the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat. And this is the sentence, because the journey is too great for you. Life is too great for you and I unless we fellowship at the table. If we don't come to the table, we will be unprepared for life. That's why hell is a prepared place for an unprepared people and heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And that is, uh, that's why uh, God is a God of order and preparation, right? He's prepared a table. Like a pastor that prepares a meal, uh, prepares a sermon. It's like he spends hours and hours in meditation and, and research and, and um, thinking and praying. He doesn't just wing it. There's, it takes just like a good soup or a good meal. It takes hours and hours. Uh, and... Uh, that was one of the greatest uh, things in the Ukraine when we were there in the early years. Um, it would take hours to make a meal from scratch. There wasn't even a McDonald's in our city till 2001. So in the 90s, you know, we survived on Snicker bars. Boy, they were good from Bratislava. Oh, my gosh. They make the best Snicker bars. Anyway, that was another life. <laughs> but the real meals, right? They take time, effort, thought, and execution. All right, let me show you a couple of interesting verses here. The journey is too great for you. So the wilderness in Psalm 78, 19, there's a table in the wilderness. Why is it that we need the wilderness? Well, the wilderness is what strengthens our faith. So many think that the wilderness is like not needed. Like, why am I going through the tests and the trials, you know, you know, because in the trials and wildernesses and the being lost and, and, and feeling alone and maybe God is silent, this is when what we know becomes something we possess. What we have professed now becomes something we possess. We actually enter into the meaning of what we know. And I, I want to maybe focus the rest of our time on that. 
we can know a lot of things, but the wilderness and finding the table, we begin to understand the meaning of what we know. So it's one thing about talking about the grace of God, but living in the reality and meaning of grace is so revolutionary, isn't it? The meaning of love, the meaning of truth, like living in the reality of that. So uh, let's look at Psalm 63 for a minute. The table. The table. I love this. This is so good. You ever bring, you remember when you were dating your spouse and you brought them to the table, you pulled out the chair and you made sure they, they you pushed them in. It was like, it was very like honorary, right? They were a guest at your table, right? Grief is an unwelcomed guest, right? Grief is an unwelcomed guest. But in the body of Christ, in the family of God, we are all at a table. I'll never forget this. Imagine at the marriage supper of the lamb. Pastor Jolly gave this illustration years ago. It's like having a table from like New York to San Francisco, like it's that long. And everybody at the table, imagine that. That's like blows your mind a little bit. The marriage supper of the lamb, that feast will be unbelievably awesome. God sits with us at the table and our enemies are looking and they're saying, they're observing. They're like, wait a minute. They have peace. Peace confounds the devil. Peace reveals the devil's defeat because you're eating at the table. You're eating that angel fruit, food cake. You're eating and you have a supply. You have a hidden supply, a hidden supply. It's amazing. All right, look at this in Psalm 63. Um, is that the verse I want? Uh, yes. Yes. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. This is at the table. This is the relationship at the table. This is the feasting and the, the, the um, beautiful exchange at the table. My soul thirsts for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. You know what? Without a table, we die. We die. Imagine being in the desert for days and days and days and that without water, we, we are no, we have no supply. But God says, I am leading you constantly to a table. All right, I want to show you something here. Look at Psalm 38. I'll give you a couple verses here. So the wilderness is needed. The wilderness brings what we know from our head to our heart. The wilderness, that place of alienation, loneliness, silence, difficulty. God is like saying, I'm not here to punish you. I'm here to bring your spiritual life into process, into maturity, into power, power, right? How do things have power in our life? Well, we have a relationship with the God who said those things, right? There's deliverance at the table. Isn't that, isn't that edifying? Psalm 38, 9 and 10. Lord, all my desire is before you, and my sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pants, my strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it's almost gone from me, right? 
Verse 8, I am feeble, severely broken. I groan because of turmoil of my heart. <laughs> Earlier on, verse 7, he just says, I'm a hot mess. We can come to the table in whatsoever condition, whosoever may come at whatsoever condition, whenever time, to eat at the table. The food and the preparation, the supply of God does not uh, relate or... Uh, it, it's not based on me. There's always a meal at the table. I open my Bible. There's always a word from God at the table, right? How will I know that word? I'm opening, and my enemy is close. My enemy is very close, but they can't come to the table. They can't come to the table. It's like, remember pastor used to say years ago, he used to say, um, we have a great message here in the chapel, but the devil's in the parking lot, right? Same principle. We are being prepared. We are being prepared to not just maintain and survive. We are prepared to advance. We're, we are prepared to thrive. We are prepared to have victory. We're prepared to have authority. We are prepared so that we fight the right battle right? We have a table, the table of grace, the table of love, the table of truth. All right, look at this in 2 Corinthians 4. We're in a day and age, the environment, the prevailing environment is apostasy. The prevailing environment is Christians falling away from the church. Um, we're, in, we're in a prevailing environment of arrogance, of lying, uh, that word has become much more powerful to me these days where the closest or the most powerful lie is the lie that's closest to the truth. If we don't eat at the table, we will swallow the lie and it will take us out. It will. But God says, I have truth at the table. I will be your strength at the table. I will be your joy at the table. And then you'll go just like in 1 Kings, and you will have so much energy, power, wisdom, authority, guidance, and uh, you will uh, walk with me. You'll walk with me to the table. You'll be with me at the table, and you'll walk with me from the table, and you'll lead other people back to the table, and it'll be awesome. It's awesome. Psalm 23, it's like the Lord is shepherding us. Um, and we're not leaving the table spiritually. We're always there as a learner. We're always there as someone that's saying, God, I need, I need you. I need you. Uh, Yvonne Carson says this, when we experience God's peace, our enemy is completely, uh, completely dumbfounded. It silences him. He simply can't understand how we can praise and worship God in the midst of a trial and difficulty. God's peace doesn't make any sense to the devil because it transcends creature logic. I like that sentence. It transcends creature logic. We've heard of creature comfort, but creature logic, right? One plus one equals two, right? That's logical. God is saying, I need to bring you into a chronological process where one plus one equals ten which means I am moving you step by step, event by event, moment by moment. I'm working something in from the life at the table. 
How are we su supposed to survive in relationships without a table? All right? We need a table for relationships, right? All right, let me show you an interesting verse here. 2 Corinthians 4. So what does a sheep, why does a sheep need a table? It doesn't. Maybe it'll stand on the table. <laughs> Maybe it'll chew on the table, right? Uh, but the sheep, the, sh the sheep here in verse 5 are being led. The whole Psalm 23 is being led by God, being led by the Spirit, being Spirit-taught. And it's just another example that God will lead us to His goodness. Goodness. And then we'll be healthy. And that says there in the Hebrew, we'll be fat spiritually. We'll have abundance. And then our cup runs over. Right? Matthew 25, we'll have oil in our lamp. Right? It's awesome. Okay, 2 Corinthians. How you doing out there? You good? Is that edifying? It is edifying. All right, 2 Corinthians uh, 4, 7. Look at this. This is good. I think about how many people don't have a table, and that prompts me to say, hey, listen, uh, there's a, a personal providential provision for you. It's amazing. I was talking with a, uh, a believer yesterday, and they were just, their work has taken them out of town, and they're just, they're, they're so dry, and they feel like there's no water of the word in their life. They're like, I can't wait to get back to Baltimore when this assignment's done. Why? Because there's a table. That's amazing. There's a table. There's a provision. God is in, and God is there to be a ministry to us. All right, notice this in verse um, 7 through 10. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of God may not be of us. Okay? What's the purpose of the wilderness? Is to break, to break the jar. And that the, the supply that we have ingested is now something that is, it's the health of our conversation. Remember, remember that message, Beautiful for Situations? That is a historic message that I like to listen to often as much as I can that we are the health in an unhealthy situation. We bring the health into an unhealthy circumstance. Why? Because we are broken and the, we are blooming where we're planted. We are pouring out the supply from the table. People don't need a, a program. They don't need a solution. They need to come to the table. And it's not going to make any sense. Well, why do I need to come to church? I can just watch it on YouTube or why do I need to come to church? You know, I'm a spiritual person. I love talking to people like that. I'm a spiritual person. They don't even know what they're talking about. That's like such a weird statement. No, we come to the table because there's accountability at the table. I, I reach my potential at the table. I get refreshed at the table. There's healing at the table. There's body life at the table. If I don't have a place of fellowship, it's a matter of time, and I'll become like a like a blowing, uh, what do they call that thing in the desert? That tumbleweed. It will become a tumbleweed. <laughs> All right, that, that was interesting thought. Okay, closing. We could just keep going here, but I love it. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. The only reason why we're not crushed is because we have a table. We are perplexed. Boy, am I in a... Are we perplexed? I mean, it is perplexing how ridiculous things are. 
but not in despair. We have hope. Why? We're eating at the table. Persecuted. We haven't experienced that a, a great number, even though the persecuted church is the most persecuted ever in history, most martyrdom ever in history is happening now, but not forsaken. That's amazing. We are not forsaken. Why? Because Jesus is at our table. Struck down. That's interesting. Life will do that to you. It'll knock you down, won't it? Conversation, situation, words. Maybe our, even our own defeatisms that we tell ourselves. Struck down, but not destroyed. <laughs> I love Micah 7. Hey, I'm down, oh enemy, but don't rejoice. I'm getting back up. Just a little newsflash there. I'm at the table on my face. I'm doing a face plant, but I'm... I'm I'm face down in grace. I'm face down in mercy. I'm face down in truth. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also be made manifest in our body. That's, that's the purpose of the table. Isn't that good? Psalm 23, 5. Let's go to the table. Let's drag ourselves to the table. All right, sometimes it's like, like they say, like Proverbs says, the full man loatheth the honey, right? We can have too much of a good thing, right? I went to the ice cream truck the other day, asked for an ice cream sandwich, and they came out with this, my son and I, big dish of ice cream with two cookies on the side. It's a great, great thing for a diabetic to eat. <laughs> anyway, I, there was so much ice cream that I couldn't even... I couldn't even think about ice cream after having that. I shared it with my son, of course. But um, too much of a good thing. If I don't fellowship with, the, with, the, with the, uh, the meaning of what we're hearing, then we'll actually loathe. We'll loathe it, right? Fellowship with the meaning. Like what is behind? What is the person? What is the, the message? What is the reality? Of, of these things. This will keep us at the table. Amen. Lord, thank you for the table. Thank you that you are an on-time God. Thank you that you know exactly what we need when we need it. Even before we ask it, you are there. Thank you, God. Our enemies are watching us today in amazement because you are not just the God of the hills, but you're the God of the valleys too. And Lord, give us authority, power, joy, wisdom, peace, and just the filling of your spirit in these wildernesses, Lord. Thank you, God. And we give you the praise in your name. Amen. 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 Any thoughts? Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.